I had some boys stuff. I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw that, but I don't know. No, I saw it. Nothing I can't crazy. wait to talk about it. Bro. I know you, you always whip up some good questions. I'm more of a guy saying like thoughts, 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 thoughts. Yeah. And then we just talk about random this stuff. character, that character. Like, because, is like, he going to be a number 45 or number 23 MJ? Like that's exactly. And I think we're, we're witnessing like a whole Homelander number 23 first three P going on right now with the bulls. He is insane. <laughs> To be honest, can can we say this? I think this is like I think for season one, I think Homelander, like he was already in that twenty three form, like uh, that three P so form. It's, so it's like you skip the whole forty five segment. It's yeah, like he never, he I, just never stopped, and he just keeps getting better with age, like LeBron almost. Exactly. I, I don't think he ever went through a forty five phase. He never had that. He never let up. He never, he never had to. That's why The Boys is just such a different show than everything else. The show just doesn't let up. And that's why it's just better than other shows. It's literally, There's literally no other show like this show. Like there's I am never beyond like, excited for this next episode. Like I, 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 I literally can't contain myself. The fact that like I did – I don't think it would be – I don't think it would do the show justice if we split it with Obi-Wan yesterday. I think it like, needed its own segment, its own show, like showcase. You know, I talked about how like like Obi Wan episode four that was like a, a typical like middle of the road like of the season episode, like something that keeps the season moving along or something like that. Shorter episode. The boys doesn't do that. The boys just rolls. The boys are the boys. They're back in town. They always have been in town. It doesn't matter. I I I tweeted out a take where I was like Obi Wan better than sign Stranger Things, but I think it more should be. The boys, boys better than everything that's ever existed. No, and I I I, uh, I posed that question uh, in in our doc. I'm like, is this the best show we've had like of like in recent memory? Like, let's get to it. it. We we got to get to it. Ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's roll. This is the drive-in podcast. Take one. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to episode 113 of the Drive In Podcast. On today's episode, we have a checkup with yours truly, Dr. O. We also have our trailer roundup featuring DC's Black Adam. And then finally, we have our breakdown episodes one through three of The Boys. So use the bathroom now, grab that popcorn, and enjoy episode 113 of the drive-in podcast howdy beauty episode 113 of tdi has arrived this is dr o on the horn to start as usual i am joined as always by my best friend my co-host and the boys aficionado, Ricky Flicks, with a fresh new dome slice. This How we feeling, buddy? How we feeling? We got a hell of an episode, a surprise episode, our third of the week. How are, how are you, buddy? We just, during the last episode, just decided, you know what? This week, we should do three because there's been so much news. We haven't done the boys. I'm not pointing any fingers. But you keep calling me aficionado. I, yeah. I, 
<laughs> I don't know why. No matter what we talk about, it just depends on what like, we're like, You started. Week, we'll have like Adam Sandler, like the like, obviously Hustle. I'll be like, okay, we have the Adam Sandler draft. Okay, we're reviewing Hustle, and I'm joined by my co-host, best friend, and Adam Sandler aficionado, Ricky Flex. I already tell I've, you that's gonna be the intro. Like. I'm glad you give me this heads up now because now I feel like I have to become one. And I've seen every single Adam Sandler thing ever, like SNL skits and everything. But now I feel like I I need to know how he like grew up. Like you know how I know how Tom Cruise grew up. Like Tom Cruise, I am a Tom Cruise aficionado. That was a proper intro. Mm-hmm. The boys, like I had, I haven't read the graphic novel or the comics. I haven't read like you know what I mean. But I I I, I love the boys. Like who doesn't love the boys? You know. I appreciate your transparency during this early conversation, Ricky Flex, but I think when we dive in, the listeners will see how much of a fan you are, along with an understanding of the show and the characters. I think they it, it will be it will shine through. So we have insane amount of news today. We have a few trailers, and then we obviously have the boys. I think we should just jump into the checkup right now. I know you're doing great, right? You got the fresh haircut, you got a big weekend ahead of you, but we got some movies to talk about. So let's get to the checkup. First major news portion of this episode. Todd Phillips confirms that Joker 2 is in the works. Okay. He's working on the script. He posted a picture on Twitter. Not to mention, okay, Willem Dafoe's Joker sequel idea is being discussed. After it was revealed, the title is, excuse my French, Folie à which a Oh, which translates to madness for two in English. Okay. So if you aren't aware of what Willem Dafoe's Joker idea was, I'm going to read it out loud now because I saw it on social media. The idea is from Willem Dafoe directly quote, there is something interesting about like, if there was a Joker imposter, so it would be possible to not to have not dueling jokers, but someone that says to be the Joker that isn't the Joker. And that kind of opens up the possibility of an interesting story, particularly if you had Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and then you had someone who was either imitating or riffing off what he did. End quote. Ricky Flex, we've talked about the idea of a Joker sequel countless times on this episode. What do you think of the possibility of adopting Willem Dafoe's idea, the imitation of a Joaquin to pair with Joaquin? Yeah, that was in January at a GQ, um, a GQ uh, interview. And I also saw that making the rounds today. Mm-hmm. It makes sense, right? And you could even go a step further and say, okay, maybe it's not an imposter like he was saying, but actually make it like someone that wants to, you know, like we talked about at the end of Joker, a lot of these people were coming up like anarchists or whatever to society. Maybe there's another guy that wants to take the mantle, but Joker doesn't want to take the mantle. And you have like a Jack Napier come along and that's a Willem Dafoe. I'm just... We're the hypothetical podcast now. Like ever since last episode, we can't keep the hypothetical name to us, right? That's going to prove us illegitimate. We cannot do the hypothetical podcast again on Ricky. Flesh. But I'm addicted, addicted to the hot take game. I'm, a, I've been addicted since the Batman mm-hmm. March. But uh, this is unbelievable. I am shocked how real it is now. Like it is real, real. Joaquin, like he hasn't officially, but like officially, officially signed on. But we saw him with the script, a picture from Todd Phillips. Like, he's back. So we're getting this. Even though I think the whole world agrees that we don't need it, we're getting this. So you know what? I'm on the bandwagon that's like, all right, I think we just have to accept it and just put all of our weight behind it because that's what DC needs, right? We have Warner Brothers Discovery. Merger happened. 
new leadership happen. DCEU, Ezra Miller, we'll get to that. We don't know what's going to happen with that still. But you know what? Let's push the best of DC, and let's push arguably the greatest actor on the planet right now to stay within our universe. Maybe not the DCEU, but our realm of comic books, not Marvel. So let's keep pushing our best thing going for us, and I'm going to be behind that now because now it's going to happen. There's nothing I can do about it. This podcast is not going to stop it. So I'm behind Joker too now. I've done a 180 as well. I've done a 180. I think mostly because of this new information that has arisen about a potential second Joker within a movie. We talk about a criticism of making a sequel to Joker. What direction is it specifically going? Because we already have a Batman. It seems like Matt Reeves' Batman has got nothing to do with the Joker movie from Todd Phillips. Okay, so if Joker can't go against Batman, what might be the next best thing? Against another Joker. Against another Joker. I think that would be incredible. One of the most popular characters in pop culture today, probably alongside Batman. So to have this as a possibility has got to get you juiced. It's got to get you going. And I think now the possibilities that you got to look at, I mean, we talked about Matt Reeves. Is there this, is this, does this provide a way to connect to Matt Reeves' universe? Or does this also just, once again, stand on its own? Are we going to have another actor step into the fold, okay, to take up almost the mantle that Joaquin has put down? Or is it just going to be like a one-on-one -on -one eventually where this Joaquin takes offense to this guy trying to imitate him and they end up having some type of dual or combative relationship? Like there are so many possibilities with this news. It has me jazzed, bro. It has me jazzed. And the fact that like Willem Dafoe, everyone's wanted to see him in this role. Honestly, I don't think he's going to be doing this. I think they're just going to steal the idea. It's more about a younger person who was influenced by a Joaquin Phoenix, by an Arthur Fleck from the original Joker, trying to, right, maybe while he was imprisoned, all right, or placed in an obviously Arkham Asylum, maybe he tries to take up the mantle and then Joker escapes. We have so many different things going on here, Ricky Flex. I guess, what do you see as a potential story here? We're back in the hypotheticals. Uh, I like this. I think a lot of people were thinking, okay, insanity of two hallucinations, like mental disorder, right? And like, that's kind of what the first Joker one was, right? To the audience. Like we were the second, like people hallucinating because they were, Todd Phillips was giving us these wrong backstories, what was going on with Arthur Fleck, right? So mm -hmm. I think for this one, people are trying to say, oh, it might be Harley Quinn. I think that's just madness for two, but yeah, I think it's just too soon. Margot Robbie's character is still going. Um, I just don't see that being a thing. They won't have two Harley Quinns. Like, I just think that would be way too much, especially like how well Margot Robbie has assimilated herself with the character. I don't think they'll do that. And the same goes for the Batman. They won't do the Batman either. The Batman yep. is the guy, so they won't put him in a Joker movie. And they just had the Batman come out, and that's having a trilogy. So there's no way that would happen either. So I'm just trying to think, would it be another villain, possibly? I don't know. Mm. I I don't know. I, I would love to see, like again, sticking with a Joker connection, him going against the mob. That would be interesting. Him trying to take over Gotham uh, versus the mob. I know it's kind of like Dark Knight. Also, original Batman, Jack Napier, uh, Michael Keaton, 89. But... I think, personally, I'm most I'm most impressed with the Willem Dafoe idea, or at least two Jokers going head to head. Maybe not an imposter, but someone that's just trying to take over the reins. I want to see a battle clash at the top. 
And so, like, I guess what needs to be brought up is a very famous graphic novel called Three Jokers. I think that could be a potential adaption that could be, I guess, that could come up with this new script from Todd Phillips. I don't think it's going to be an older Joker because we have like a Willem Dafoe just because we already have Joaquin who's pushing 50, right? So if we have Joaquin pushing 50, are we going to have two dueling Jokers? Like it, it would make sense like script-wise if you had a young up-and-comer influenced by Joaquin that challenges, okay, or takes up the mantle of what he quote-unquote stood for, right, during the first movie. Uh for those excited to see potentially Barry Keehan, like alongside Joaquin, as great as that sounds, it ain't going to happen just because obviously the standalone of what Joker was compared to what the standalone universe that the Batman is with Matt Reeves. And you see the tight, tight, tight connection that uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman has with Barry Keehan. It just won't make sense. Um, so I guess like it's not even a guarantee this is going to happen, but just the possibility here has me enticed right for a sequel when i wasn't feeling that earlier you know what i mean and i also okay. think that um oh sorry go ahead go ahead no i was just gonna say like if we're staying with the hypotheticals like you're talking about like a younger actor not willing yeah. to, to come up so and it's not gonna be perry Keen. it won't be jared leto like so hypothetically speaking who are we talking about to, i knew you were gonna if, ask so, this question so like, do you want me to start? Like, we could rattle off one v one here. Like, what do you I want, want to do? the guy from Get Out. <laughs> I want the guy from Get Out. I, I oh, he's an Australian name. actor. Oh, he's coming yes. out with a new movie. I'll look actually. it out. I'll look it up right now. But he's yeah, in the, anybody you were thinking? He actually just came out with a movie. Oh my god! It's the it's based off of basically it's like pre Columbine. It's like that huge shooting in Australia. Caleb Landry Jones. Thank you. Yes, he's in that movie in, uh, based in Australia. Um, that's actually a decent pick. Um, I'm thinking too big. Um, I'm thinking like Timothy Chalamet type thing. Oh my gosh! But uh, <laughs> um, to, we, Timothy Chalamet and Joaquin Phoenix, like yeah, the old and the new. That's not bad. I like, like that. I think that would be perfect. Um, Those are two massive names, Ricky Phoenix. <laughs> massive names. I think that would be unbelievable. Like not the diss Timothy, but he's skinny, right? He's got that jawline that's like kind of like really skinny and really bony structure. Oh, he would kill the it. Joke no, he would like, be awesome. And he's one of the best actors, let alone young actors in Hollywood. So I think that he would do very Dude, the well. The internet would explode if that I, happened. It would be just crazy. the announcement. Just like mentioning if you if we we're gonna put this out there. Like I'm gonna clip this up, and this is gonna be people are gonna have some takes. Chalamet and Joaquin as two jokers in a movie. Oh my god, pop culture overload. But then I do want to say what's huge. I know we'll get back to some like potential actors to play a second joker. We're getting like caught up in it a little bit here, but I think this is important to have like an original story, one that isn't so closely adapted to any other type of film that's come before it. Because one is what is one of the harshest criticisms of Joker? It's basically a rip off the cave comedy. Or Taxi Driver, right? How it's too a sequel to the King of Comedy. Yeah, how it's too closely related, okay, to like seventies or early eighties Scorsese projects. So, in my opinion, that this is actually great for Todd Phillips because he he could prove that he doesn't have to directly adapt something that has come from someone else, or that won't be a major criticism of this next movie. It will firmly be his, right? And he's looked at as a potential new advisor for this these dc movies and i assume like that is not a coincidence that type of news is coinciding with a joker sequel so 
he's got some ideas cooking. I'm excited to see what he's uh, what's coming up next. But you, I saw across the Zoom, you got excited about something. Go ahead. So I, I thought of another name. So what just came out? Stranger Things season whatever for Doc Ray Montgomery, like a lower name. If we're thinking lower names, Billy from Stranger Things, mm-hmm. that could be a good one. If we're not thinking like huge stars yet, but Too like good someone. <laughs> So shallow, man. I guess Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger was the Joker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but right? you didn't know that was Heath Ledger. You couldn't even tell that was Heath Ledger. I guess you do the same thing here. Yeah, why not? You know, uh, I just I'm think Doctor Montgomery. Like, like you got it. You got, if you're gonna have someone playing the Joker, you gotta have some prestige on the name. Like Ledger. Like people were second guessing it because he was too good looking, but everyone knew how good of an actor he was. You know yeah. what I mean? Joaquin. Everyone knew how good Charlemagne would be he was. something. Very Keen, even though he's young, everyone knows how good of an actor he is. And then even Jared Leto, he's won an Oscar. You need volatile, someone that has at that. his peak. He's amazing super volatile and that's why i guess he was cast as joker in the first place because like he's volatile as a character in and of itself uh man that is such exciting news that's literally like the third most exciting thing we're talking about the checkup today go ahead i I was gonna say just to wrap up here if you didn't start with this i would have interrupted whatever whatever you said because this was the headline oh yeah dude let's just keep we're gonna keep tabs on this keep following todd phillips Twitter, we're going to be retweeting Todd Phillips, okay? And we're going to be firing off some takes. Make sure you stay tuned because Joker 2, it's coming, people. It's Timothy coming. Timothy starring. Let's move on to another superhero project, something that also came out today. We're recording on Thursday. We have a Thunderbolts movie from Marvel, for the MCU, that's in the works with Jake Schreier set to direct. So the potential characters that might pop up in this movie, part of this new anti-hero team, we have Baron Zemo, okay, played by Daniel Brühl, Yelena Belova, played by Florence Pugh, Ghost from Ant-Man and the Wasp. You told me that actor's name, actress's name. I have no idea. Next, Taskmaster from Black Widow. Uh, what else do we got? The Abomination from The Incredible Hulk, U.S. Agent from Falcon the Winter Soldier, a boy Wyatt Russell, and Winter Soldier himself, played by. Sebastian Stan. So, Ricky, who doesn't belong in this list? I would say Abomination. Oh, wow. I, okay. So, I was thinking I was thinking Winter Soldier just because, like, oh, my God. He's got the reputation already in this universe. But, you know, but I think that's the big question is who's going to be the alpha? I think it's clearly him. Yeah, that's a good point. We talked about Fresh, like, Sebastian Stan taking steps to be an A-lister. Mm. I'm still on that take. Like I still think he can do it. This I think actually hurts his case, even though I think he will be the star and taking the top billing in this. But I'd rather see him, you know, go with fresh again, like do other movies like that. But I think this is good for him. But also, someone that I've been praising about uh, one of the the lights or uh, highlights of Under the Banner of Heaven, Wyatt Russell, huge role here, and I feel like he could be a scene stealer. Like clearly, you got Sebastian Stan being like that Captain America type, grounded like he was in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? Just that grounded character. You have Zemo doing his thing. You have Bakalova, like Florence Pugh doing her Bolova, thing. Bolova, Bolova, whatever. The same Borat too, Ricky. Yeah, Pace. that was yesterday. But uh, no, or today, whatever it was earlier in the week. Too many episodes. No. Um, but I, I have faith in this. I do. And yes, Jake Shire, Schreier, how do you want to call it? Hasn't really done a lot. I was going to ask. Being what, honest. What's on, what's on his filmography? Well, that you know. I only know one movie that he's done, and I've never actually seen it, but I know it's awful. What is and it? It's Paper Towns. Oh, is you that remember the Efron that? movie? 
Um, no. Oh, uh, Nat Wolf. Ah, um, okay. Is that great song in it? Um, or I not think great? I'm I used... Charlie St. Cloud. Remember that one? Yes, that's yeah, that's what you're of. thinking of. Oh man, what is that song that's in that though? Yeah, he's got a lot of like not a banger, but it's a good song. Like when you're in high school, but uh, basically, like, it's like Paper Towns. I could see like One Republic like doing that soundtrack. <laughs> I have no idea. Right when I see it, I'm gonna know. But uh, radio, that's it. But uh, okay, so going back to this for a sec. In my type, Saint Motel, FIFA, just my type. FIFA players, you know, FIFA team. But uh, he's done a lot of music videos, like Betty Blanco. Like he's done a lot of music videos. So I don't know, like David Fincher, like our homeboy, my number two director of all time. Very famous for coming off a music video. So it's not that that I'm worried about. But this is a big project here. Like, it should be interesting to see how Kevin Feige puts his fingerprints on it. So if you look at the list I just gave, first of all, this is from a deadline report. I, they're not confirmed to be in the movie. These are just prospects because they are anti-hero type of characters. They have been portrayed as villains. But, right, you also can see a different perspective or a different side to their character. And... I think Winter Soldier stands out because he has the most experience out of any of the characters I just listed. You see Captain America, Anthony Mackie, who's now Captain America, getting his own Captain America movie. I feel like Falcon and Winter Soldier, they're trying to figure out a project for Bucky Barnes now, who has committed so much time to the MCU in Sebastian Stan. Maybe this is his opportunity to helm a movie, helm a team, and you see how he plays off with these characters throughout the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, specifically with the Captain America franchise. So to have a character that he already knows with Baron Zemo and U.S. Agent, and you throw in a couple other ones, it has a lot of possibilities. We need a better name for U.S. Agent. Yeah, like uh, John Walker, you know, just yeah, yeah, John, John Walker. Walker. Yeah, Great just, name. You know, just like Tony Stark was basically Iron Man. Like you just didn't even need to say Iron Man. It's like, oh, it's Tony Stark, you know, yeah. just not that the and, same level and, or anything, but mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. And again, going with the names again, like they're saying this is like this is obviously like the comps the Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad is so much cooler. Like that name, such a better ring to it. Thunderbolt, like what? No. Yeah. Like this is just corny kitty. I'm not saying it's gonna be bad or anything. I'm just saying or, or corny kitty. I'm just saying like the Suicide Squad, like it's literally in the name, like the premise. The this Thunderbolts, sounds badass, you know? It just sounds yeah. like those guys like get stuff done. Thunderbolts seem like they are a third grade soccer team, you know, for the town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the blue team. Let's go Thunderbolts, you know, or a B team, you know? It's like go a travel team uh, dynamite. It's a travel B team. Shark they three. call themselves the Thunderbolts. Uh, but yeah, that's a very exciting prospect. Uh, the fact that it's a movie, too, I think we need to bring that up because these are not household names. And the fact that they're almost like, B or even C level Marvel Cinematic Universe villains. The fact that they're going to be making a team for a movie, I like that they're not just automatically saying, oh, second tier type of characters, let's make a TV show. They're saying we're building towards something bigger. Let's get to more of an emphasis on the movies. Okay. I love that. Love that. And I'm sure you do too, Ricky Flips. Of course. Yeah. Movies over anything. All right. Let's keep going on with the checkup here. I think this is something that needs to be discussed because it, blew my mind that i saw it but Zack snyder has a new movie called rebel moon there's some interesting information coming out regarding rebel moon right his follow-up to Zack snyder's justice league which he spent so much time on and along with uh army of the dead what was the sequel to army of the dead or the spinoff 
den of thieves or uh, some thieves. Is it not den of thieves? Right? Yeah. Thieves some of thieves. thieves of some army th- army of thieves. I army didn't thieves. catch it. Army of thieves. I think that's right. I think it was army of thieves. So he has that spinoff too. All right. I just automatically associate Snyder with the Snyder cut naturally. But he has a new movie, sci-fi yeah. action epic called Rebel Moon. And guess who just joined the cast? Ricky Flex. And we got a first look at him. Anthony Hopkins is cast has been cast in Rebel Moon. What are your initial reactions to hearing Anthony Hopkins joining this next Zack Snyder joint? I thought it was one of those like like uh rumor mills where it's like, oh, like Zack Snyder reached out to Anthony Hopkins like to try to get him in one of his movies. Like, you know, one of those crazy out yeah. of left field, like ridiculous things that would never happen. But it's actually real. And then you get the image and it doesn't look anything like it. you can't recognize Anthony Hopkins. I'm like, oh, this makes sense. This is just a voiceover. Yeah. yeah, this is just like another paycheck for Anthony Hopkins. Like, this is nice for him. So, but- it's so funny when they post the picture and they go, they're like, Anthony Hopkins is in Rebel Moon. And he's basically like this demon slayer. It's like, oh, yeah, that's totally Anthony Hopkins. He, like- he has a great voice. Like, think of Odin. Like, Anthony Hopkins does have a great voice. Like, uh, Jane, like not like to the same extent as James Earl Jones, Darth Vader. Or like Mufasa, he's just, but he, he just hasn't had that voice. type of role, you know, where it's, it has that voiceover like iconicness to it. It's just he plays the character. He's got it. Like, I want to see him leading a Pixar movie, almost like Carl Fredrickson, you know, <laughs> give him something like that, you know. Don't get me any more, any more hypotheticals. No more, no more. Sorry. But no, this is great. Great for Zack Snyder. Great for Netflix. Netflix needs this right now. So hopefully, Zack Snyder with the Snyder Cut gang, we're part of that. Restore the Snyderverse. Get people to watch this movie and help Netflix out because they need it. Yeah, quick header there. Quick header, Anthony Hopkins, Zack Snyder, the duo we didn't know we needed. Let's keep going. Julia Garner has been offered the role of Madonna in her upcoming biopic. I remember blogging about this movie when the drive-in pod first started, Ricky Flux. I'm going to have to go back in the archives, hit the search bu- hit the search tab on the drive-in pod website. Make sure you subscribe to the blog. But I remember talking about all these different music biopics that were coming, all right? And one of them, right, that was put on the shelf for a long time was the Madonna Madonna biopic. So we're going to have Julia Garner, right, fresh off of Ozark, okay, and her Emmy-winning role, I believe. Emmy-winning, at least nominated. At least one of the seasons. At least nominated. I I do know for a fact she was nominated. But she's going to play Madonna. What do you think about this casting? When you put a side by side with Madonna, like blonde hair, very pale, it makes sense, right? And she's an unbelievable actress right now. I would say she's one of the best actresses in Hollywood right now. And it's not only, uh, <laughs> it's not only from Ozark, but she was also in like the Harvey Weinstein movie that was on Hulu, I believe. That thing, Anna. Yeah. Uh, no, that not that one. That wasn't her. Um. Well, the one that's the one, not the one I'm thinking. I know, but she was in that. Mo- she was in that show. Am I right? Um. I was just listening different projects. I'm thinking it's, it's not the account, obviously, but it's like it. the assistant. It. The assistant. Oh, the assistant yeah. Okay. 2019. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if she got offered, like, got an Oscar nom. But Is that like, a miniseries? The assistant? I don't I don't know about that, Jim. Um, I don't think so. But uh, basically, you got to have a big time actress player, right? Or at least an up and coming actress play Madonna. Too big of a star not to, right? And, uh, she actually did get an Emmy. Now I see it. Uh, outstanding supporting actress in a drama series. Just awesome. check that up. Um, but uh, she's an unbelievable actress. So I'm really okay with this. And I think that playing Madonna, like it will be interesting for her because I think that you see in Ozark, like you see her rambunctiousness, you see her, like how witty she is. And 
how out there she is, outgoing she is. So that's good for Madonna. It would be, it would just be like, really, will she sing? That's what I want to know is, will she be trying to put out the pipes with the Madonna? Like we didn't see it with the Bohemian Rhapsody with Ami Malik. We did, we did see it with Taryn Egerton, Elton John, Elvis, Austin Butler. Like, will we see Madonna, Julia Garner trying to get those pipes out for Madonna? I don't know. Nice pipes, Tamika. But I don't, I'm not really sold on this, to be honest, because what have we seen from Julia Garner? What, what is most notable about her? It's her character in Ozark. And she does not exactly portray sexy, sleek very well in that show. So the fact that you are playing a sex icon like Madonna here, I think we're going to see a different side to Julia Garner, one that uh, – I think it's going to be fascinating to see her transformation. I, I believe she can do it because she's such a talented actress. But if you look at her just from surface level and what we've seen from her throughout her career so far, I'm skeptical. But there's a reason why they why they picked her, right? She must have – I know she has incredible linguistic skills. I, I, I've seen her on Jimmy Fallon. She can do amazing accents, and she was obviously inventing Anna, right? That was Julia Garner, am I right? I never saw the show. Uh, I don't know. But the fact that she has the ability to change tones of her voice, like that usually lends to a more talented singer. So to see her in this type of role, I love it. Uh, I don't love this excessiveness of music biopics we're getting. I am excited for Elvis. All right. It feels like we had the Aretha Franklin respect that came out last year. Seems like that, that got a little bit of awards of, of awards recognition. But how many people actually saw that movie? There's so many other projects that i just I, that are coming out regarding like musical acts and artists that uh it just it's hard to get excited for just one or just find one that's like going to be totally different than the next if you know what i'm saying and, and like i i have seen like the actual madonna biopic with madonna starring as herself <sighs> jesus and like there so has been one before but it's like the elvis we we are owed we're overdue with an elvis biopic it's ridiculous we haven't gotten one yet. So I don't mind that. But you're absolutely right. Besides the Elvis, we are getting way too many right now. And we're, re we're rehashing Madonna's. Yes, Madonna does deserve her own. But like, it's just that we're getting so many right now. I'm just really speaking of inflation in this economy. Worried that this is a little overinflated environment with the music biopics. You're right. In this economy, uh, I think that's where we should cut it off with the checkup today. Those were the major stories that we've had the last couple of days. We should move on to the trailer roundup, and we had so many different projects that had a that we got to look at, including the final trailer for Jordan Peele's Nope that is going to be hitting theaters July 22nd. We got a much more in-depth look at this movie. It almost feels like it was too much information regarding Jordan Peele's movie. Uh, Ricky Fuchs, are you a little nervous after watching the new trailer for Nope that it gives away too much of the plot? That's what I thought too, right? We saw a lot, right? We saw Steven Yeun, much bigger role now. Like we always knew that, but like we just haven't seen a lot of him. Now we saw a lot of him, not only that scene with him like projecting to an audience, but also he's in that house with uh, Kiki Palmer, Daniel Kaluuya, right? We also like know the plot, but also like kind of further than the plot. We see like post like hiring of the video recorders or camera crew. So like that's what I don't like how in-depth it is. But this is Jordan Peele. He's going to keep us on our toes. We're not going to be able to predict this ending. If we can predict it, which I think we all say like, oh, they record it or they die, either one of those two, then it's like, okay, like that's kind of lame. But it's Jordan Peele. He won't do that. 
he's a man of the people. He's he's literally a fan. He's similar to like a Quentin Tarantino type of director, writer, director. He's doing this from a fan perspective. He won't do that. He'll keep us on our toes, like I said, and make and keep us guessing. And this ending won't be something that we foresee. Yeah, I think we're not going to be able to predict what's going to happen. Like Jordan Peele is a smart guy. He probably has a strong say on what gets released during these trailers. I'm really definitely. In, I'm really interested in what societal themes are going to pop up in this movie. That's kind of what he's known for. Okay, you look at like like us. They came out. They talk about gentrification. Here, they're talking about certain people that are actually getting taken by UFOs. Like what kind of dot? What kind of like? Theme is gonna. Be, I think that's gonna be like the major societal theme that's gonna be coming from this movie, stemming from this movie. So you know, it's gonna be more than just surface level type of thought or writing from Peel. I think, like performance performances wise, like we have like such young, exciting actors here: Yoon, Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer. Like those are huge names. Like Kiki Palmer is just entering this stratosphere again after such like popularity when she was with disney channel remember her keela and the bee she's gonna be in the lightyear movie okay she has a, a a role in that next week like similar i don't know if it's the female lead but she's like probably the second largest name alongside uh chris evans but i'm excited for this like this it, is going to be good it almost looks a little bit more mainstream too compared to other jordan peele trailers the other jordan peele trailers they felt a lot scarier in my opinion um did you happen to see why he named this movie nope ricky uh i remember on this podcast i had the guess of the planetary like the acronym nope right but did he say something else he did say something else it came okay. out that he a lot of people have the reaction to horror movies. It could be also an acronym. Oh, and they say nope. But a lot of people say nope, nope, I'm out, I'm out. Like this is the potential. This is our third Jordan Peele movie, right? Probably the most famous modern day young horror director we have. Like a movie called Nope. He's bringing, I think, horror into the mainstream almost back to the popularity it had during like the 80s, you know? I I think the 80s it had a lot, like a high popularity rate. Here it's like, yeah, it's you're gonna find very few people that look at the genre and say horror is my favorite. It looks like he's trying to upend that a little bit with a more mainstream movie. Does that make sense? This is like one of the things I die on, similar to like uh like uh Nickelback is good. <laughs> Nickelback is good, Tenet is good, and Jordan Peele makes thrillers, not horror movies. I just don't look at his movies as horrors. I don't. I know that everyone us, else us had some horror vibes, dude. Horror us vibes definitely had some horror. You could vibes. say that about a lot of thrillers. You could say horror thriller. I'm, I'll be okay with, but horror. I, I, I think of freaking malignant. I think of malignant when I think horror is Get Out or Us malignant. I don't think so. Is Get it Out like was Halloween thought provoking? Like, it, like it was so like. It, again, yeah, and so these movies are are thought just, provoking. I, I, I just thought, yes, but you could be a horror movie and still be thought-provoking. It doesn't be a thriller. But, like, I feel like those, like, thriller, horror, they cross over so much. This one, I think, is going to be less scary compared to previous, like, Peel projects. That's all I'm really getting at. Yeah, I, I, I think that he blends it the best, where it's like you get everybody, which is, I think you're just trying to say. I'm just trying to say that one of the hills I die on is that. But uh, I think that this is perfect for someone like me where – I am not a huge fan of horror, but I'm going to like Nope is like my was my fourth pick in our like most anticipated was, movies of the year or three. Yeah, I think it was four. four. I think it was four. four. Like after uh what was it? Kills of Flower Moon. Oof. 
Now it's the Batman, the Killers Batman. of Fire Moon. Was Nope next? No, I, I think no, I Babylon. You, oh yeah. No, no, no. That was only the last one. Well, it's okay. I'll look it up. Yeah, but it's one of the, it was one of the top ones, right? So, as a horror quotes horror movie, that's impressive. How you're getting someone like me to be drafting that in the top five of a top villain. Right. And that, like for a lot of people, that's probably number one. Like if you're not a superhero person, this was probably number one. Like this in a Scorsese movie that just tells you the company that Peel keeps so early on in his filmography. That is nuts. That is nuts. Uh, and the UFO ship looks sick. It does it look looks good. So it moves. Slick. It moves. Yes. I was going to say it moves very slick, like sleek or whatever you want to say like that. It moves very good. It looks good. Like. I'm all in on this movie. I always have been, always will be. And I know that this ending is going to be different than what we saw, even though we saw a lot. That It looks like it's not, that doesn't run on gas. That's electrical. You plug that in. <laughs> that's an electric vehicle. That's like, a, that's like a Prius UFO, but like better looking. <laughs> a Tesla. You know? Yeah. And remember, Jesse, remember a plump boy, Jesse Plemons, was going to be the Steven Yeun character. Mm-hmm. He would have killed forget. it. I feel like either way, like both of those guys would have slayed it. You know, of course, yeah. I'm excited to see Kiki Palmer like back in the fold, like prestigious type of movie. She's never done anything like this. No, uh, but also like black actress. You have Jordan Peele at the helm trying to promote a black this actress. Like it, this is big for her. And she's like obviously big in pop culture now. Always has been. But now she's like back. So moving on with the trailer roundup, I think we should go to Black Adam. Let's talk about it. The first trailer for Black Adam has been released, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Noah Centineo as Adam Smasher, Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate, amongst others. The film releases October 21st in theaters. Initial reactions, Ricky Flicks, to Black Adam. We finally got the trailer. It took us way too long. Way too long to get a trailer. It makes sense with all the delays, and it's supposed to be July 30th or 29th uh, release. Now it's October, but we finally have a trailer 10 years later, 12 years later, whatever it is, we get a trailer. And by the trailer, it looks like the DC uh, hierarchy is about to change. Like, it does look incredible. Like, his powers, the way he catches that rocket, that was insane. Like, the actual effects of that was incredible. Some of the other ones I wasn't too thrilled about, like when he's flying... That looks a little fake. I looks will like he's say, moving. <laughs> yeah, that does look fake. But when he catches the rocket, I thought that was incredible. Let's say a couple other things. Immediate reactions. Um, the Noah Centineo character. I'm a little nervous for Ant Man vibes. They're gonna try to push that a little too hard, right? Because he's similar type of character, like making himself big, the running, trying to make him. I don't know, like connect with the audience on a comedic level, like uh, Paul Rudd. Just don't try that, Noah Centineo. You're not, you're not Paul Rudd. And I will also say the last thing I thought of at the end of this was, will The Rock try to do what John Cena did with Peacemaker and try to wear that suit in every promo interview? No, you can't. Cut, like, like he, I don't he think he you can. WWE no. superstars. The Rock. But, cares I, a lot you know about he wants to too. though. He really wants to. Oh yeah, because he's got the like, the low cut. He's got the yes. Heat. It shows like the chest muscles. He wants like, it. With it. Like, he, yeah, hundred percent. That's basic. That's not even. A, that's basically his skin. That thing is so tight on it, bro. That's gonna be so uncomfortable. But he looks badass in the hood. He looks great. What I didn't like, dude. Kanye West remix song for a superhero trailer. Like this is the corniest <sighs> thing I've ever seen. So uh, in that regard. I guess it, it felt a little generic, in my opinion. But also, 
you know what I was thinking? Like, I thought this guy would destroy Shazam. This guy's he supposed to be. This is the this guy foe. loves to kill people. He loves to be the villain. Right, and like the he says it in the trailer. He's like, "I kill people." Like that was a great that. line. That was a great line, and he and delivered it well. Kudos to the Rock. Yeah, give him well, a lot of crap on this podcast. Kudos. He brings the intensity here a little bit more. I'm excited to see what he's doing. But as I watched this, I was thinking to myself, I'm more interested in a Black Adam versus Henry Cavill Superman than a Black Adam versus Shazam. It they just don't match up. Zach Levi versus the Rock. Are you kidding me? It just doesn't work. And that's like, and if you know DC, like you're just thinking in your mind as you watch this, like Black Adam, Shazam, they go hand in hand. It just seems like the Rock overpowers and makes me think they miscast Zach Levi in the first place. I imagine if it was John Cena, like initially was being pitched. It was gonna be John Cena versus The Rock. Are you kidding me? We're throwing it back to Monday Night Raw. That would have been incredible, Ricky. After seeing John Cena and Peacemaker. Like I kind of like the peacemaker role. Oh, now but, it's easy to say that. Yeah, yeah. but I hey, hey but but Sorry. but if he was in Shazam, you take away the R rated rating, right? John Cena still has the comedic chops of a Shazam of that childhood like character because like he is a child at the end of the day, and I think John Cena would have killed that too at the end of the day. And it's tough now when you say that, but. What I really don't like is how they already introduced, because you said about overpowering, Black Adam overpowering Shazam, they already introduced, like, all the, uh, all the I forget the name of it, JLA. but the whole squad, yeah, the, uh, for Shazam. Oh, for Shazam. For, oh, yeah, um, Shazam, like, his friends. Yeah, They're the friends, friends that all have, like, a, a superpower from Shazam. Reminds me of Super that. Friends. Because I think, friends. yeah, because they, they could have used that for Black Good Adam. Time. So what I'm trying to say is Black Adam, overpower shazam what does he do call like that's when his friends should get the powers and help him out to de defeat black adam not mark strong's character and those demons or demigorgons or whatever that you could have you should have defeated on your own that's what that's my big gripe with shazam like that. is that they took the best thing going like the big surprise in the first origin movie they they gave that to us so early. It's like Mistake. Iron Man calling on the Avengers in his first movie. Yes, <laughs> you know? it just exactly. No it's just like okay, here we need Captain America and everybody. We got we got to kill Ironmonger. Let's go. Thor, <laughs> Hulk, we got to kill Ironmonger. Widow, yeah, Hawkeye. just a couple of them, whatever you know, and make quick quick mince meat, quick mince meat of them. How many times but, do people say but that? But at the end of the day, Black Adam. This is a good anti-hero. I I'm not saying it's going to be a great movie. But this looks like it will be fun. It looks like The Rock's really committed. Like he's like clearly is right to this movie. It's been so long. And like the well I do line saying like uh, heroes don't kill people. He's like, well, I do. Like that was un that sells unbelievable. You. That's like, the line that, that sold sells me. you. That was yeah. the trailer line. Well, I kill people. And that has people excited, right? That like, but the thing here, like Black Adam's name, he's a name, it's the name of the movie, and he's the main character. He's the protagonist here, the JLA. Like are they is are they trying like obviously they're gonna create some sympathetic or empathetic storyline to his character, right? With his son right being slave. killed, how he was a former slave and all this. The JLA trying to stop him. It's gonna be interesting to see a perspective where Black Adam is like the protagonist, but he is a villain to the superheroes we've come to know traditionally and root for, like the JLA. So how is that that dynamic provides something different 
from superhero movies. And in that regard, it doesn't feel as generic. It might look a little generic. CGI-wise, looks generic. Story-wise, we could be see, seeing something a little bit different here from DC. And that's why I think separates a little bit from Marvel when you look at some of the most recent projects. Yeah, and we don't, like, they didn't give up. They, they sold us on, like, who Black Adam is and what he's about, what he does. And they showed us the other characters, but we have no idea what the other guys are going to be doing. Yeah. We have no idea. We saw a glimpse of their powers, but we don't know what they're... We got, we got nothing. We got, we Which is good. Got, like, I, I feel like Hawkman literally was just him face-to-face with The Rock. We didn't see anything with Hawkman, if I recall. We just you saw know? him flying for a quick second. For and a then we, second, right? We saw Dr. Cyclone like, running second. big. We saw... Or no, sorry, not Cyclone. No, it's Centennial's character. Adam Smasher. Adam Smasher. We saw Cyclone quickly... Uh, she uh, turned into like that smoke, you know. I don't love the cyclone costume, by the we, way. I saw, I saw we talked about that in the stills. We oh yeah, it looked like some that. CW stuff. Yeah, didn't like that. But I, I, this was a good overall trailer, even though like some of the effects were iffy, and like you didn't sell me completely that this would be great, but you did sell me that it's like holy crap, I'm seeing this movie, and yeah. I'm gonna have fun. Like this, you definitely sold me on that. And you. You could see the franchise potential of this 100% yeah, yeah. with The Rock and everything. But, like, it didn't give the vibe of other franchise trailers we've seen where it's, like, I roll my eyes, where I'm like, okay, here we go. Here it's like, okay, we've been waiting on The Rock for so long to play this character. Mm. And we see how good he looks in this suit, right? And we're like, yes, like, give it to us. Like, I'm... we've been waiting on this for literally 10 years. It's it's like the opposite of when we see the trailers for Jurassic World Dominion, which comes out this week. And the franchise that has been, it's like, okay, you roll your eyes, like, okay, am I really going to go see this? I think I can afford to skip it. I don't feel like I can skip Black Adam because this is Rock, the Rock, entering this superhero genre. Great point. see. And I think, the, I think that the follow-up with that, the kind of tie a bow in this, is that let's say uh, 12 years ago or 10 years ago, would you have been as hyped for this as you are right now? Well, rock. I, think about where the rock was, right? It was right. around San Andreas, right? It was around right after Gridiron Gang. Like, that's 2020. So, first off, I'm taking into account like DCEU. That's a year before like uh, Man, Super, of Steel. Uh, Man of Steel comes out. So, like, that kind of takes like throws me off. But when you think about the rock, like, I think that's what you're trying to get at. All yes. right. So, when you think about the rock, I would not have been as excited. Exactly. 10 years he has ago. turned into arguably the best of the, sorry, not best. Whoa biggest like star in movies right now biggest box office draw yeah you could say that and, and he's he's like he wasn't that Ricky, close I, 10 years we, ago. Ju- we just had a tom cruise draft and like tom cruise never done a superhero don't movie. you dare wait, wait wait no listen what i'm saying tom cruise has never done a superhero movie like the rock has never done a superhero movie yes he's done fast and furious but at the same time tom cruise has done mission impossible right so in terms of non-superhero actors the rock is second to tom cruise you know what i mean he's right there with them they're one two biggest like blockbuster stars that are not superhero actors obviously this conversation changes once black adam comes out but i think that just says like the box office power and then here we go with a different type of super superhero story and the rock is has so so impassioned with this character i know we've been talking about this but one more thing sorry that's okay over under a billion dollars October twenty first, less. 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 Over under the Batman seven hundred sixty six. More. Okay. I think it makes about. Oh, sh- I, it makes it. I think it makes a little less than the Batman. 
600 to 700 million dollars that's my guess i, I was thinking five to six hundred yeah, but so it, let's say we get another trailer in summer blockbuster season and it just looks incredible then i'll i'll bump those numbers up if he had like bigger names next to him like if there was something if it was like think of dr fate pierce brosnan if it was like hypothetical again uh josh brolin playing dr fate Ooh. it's like boom like that's gonna it's gonna do better like no, instead like of that. noah centineo you have like some other young actor that's not in a bunch of netflix rom-coms like probably does a little bit better right whoever's playing cyclone which i don't even know i feel like we've been avoiding her name the entire time we've had this discussion because we don't mm. know who it is like that also drives it a little bit you know uh i think I think we should look it up just because we broke okay, yeah. disrespect for it. Now. Now, yeah, I, I, yeah. Feel, I feel bad now. Because I meant to bring her up earlier. I just didn't know her name. But if you have like those type of like big names alongside The Rock, right, it's going to do bigger numbers. But this is Quintessa like, literally... Swindell. Natessa, Natessa? Quintessa. Quintessa. Swindell. She's in Trinkets, okay. Voyagers, Granada Nights, Master Gardener, In Treatment. She was in that show. That's so like Rachel it. Zegler instead. Like Rachel Zegler. Oh. In like Shazam. Rachel, she's in, in Shazam, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Imagine that was her as Cyclone. This movie does numbers, you know? I, like, that's where I say, okay, maybe that's going to give them $25 million more million. You know, I feel like it's just The Rock. It's going to give you five, six hundred million on it. Like, you don't need, you don't need anyone else. Pierce that's what Brosnan's saying. They put Pierce, Rachel Zegler next to Zachary Quinto. Oh, sorry. Uh, Levi. Crap. Levi. Thank you. Quinto. Um, don't disrespect Quinto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. We need to move on because that, I'm going to lose spot. my mind. That's our Spock. I do want to talk about the um, we have a Mike Tyson biopic that's coming to Hulu, a series. Uh, Trevante Rhodes and Laura Harrier are starring in this series for Hulu. Uh, so the Mike Tyson biopic will premiere. Oh, biopic series, sorry, will premiere on August 25th. If you don't know who Trevante Rhodes is, you ever seen Moonlight? He is the lead male character. This is his first prominent role, I would say, mainstream role. Since Moonlight, and Moonlight obviously wasn't even mainstream until it won an Oscar, uh, arguably the best A24 film that's ever been released. But Tyson Biopic, did you see this trailer, Ricky Flex? Of course. Of course I did. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> um, <laughs> just checking. Yeah, yeah. Like the last third, the last act of the movie, he's the main character. Uh, Moonlight, uh, Trevante Rhodes. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same. Yes, go. So I saw the stills before seeing the trailer, actually, and the stills look terrible. Like they looked really bad. Like the stills, uh, yeah. like him, the him biting. He looks jacked. He oh, looks okay. wait, wait, wait. I'm not there. I'm not there yet. I hate how they did but, the biting of the year. Yeah, and then like the the stills of like the crowd when he's in the ring and the crowd, it looks so fake. I was just like, oh god, is this not gonna be good? And then I watched the trailer. And I'm like, holy crap. His muscles look fake. He is so big. It's like, like I, I was like in shock. And it led me to the question, which I think you will probably get to is, what are we doing with Jamie Foxx? Because no way that he's getting that jacked. Like, I, I think <laughs> it'd be much bad. better than whatever Trevante Rose has. No disrespect. I think he's a good actor. I'm just saying Jamie Foxx, like A-lister, proven has shown us in that video, like even the first scene of the movie that he would have done, his is actually turning into a series. Antoine Fuqua will be directing that. Uh, I think Scorsese's executive producer in that series. 
I don't. We've heard nothing from that for like a year, so I don't know what's going on there. Two years. That was early driving days. Oh no. Well, <laughs> oh, that's got to come. They can't just like tease us with that. Jamie Foxx even did like the Mike Tyson voice. He's got to do that. But going back to this, Harvey Keitel shocked that I saw him in this. Did not know that. And finally, Underrated. I will be nervous. I will still be nervous because you know what? This is an HBO. You know, if this was HBO, I'd be like, holy crap. This is like the most anticipated shows. Like, But it's not. It's Hulu. And Hulu, I'm not saying no disrespect to them. They do have their shows to drop out. They do have like Handmaid's Tale. Like they do have their shows. But is it as on a consistent basis, as, a, as, a, as prestige as an HBO? No, it's just not. And, and they don't have a Jamie Foxx leading this. So even though he looks the part, I'm not going to be sold. Will I watch the first episode? Of course. I'm torn a little bit. I'm torn because you're right. Like, I feel like I would be more confident in this project if HBO was producing it. A hundred percent. I mean, I'm enticed by Trevante Rhodes because I, he has a lot of promise following Moonlight. Hasn't done much afterwards, but like he's taken on Mike Tyson. You know when Moonlight came out? It was 2016. It was six yeah. years ago. I'm sorry. It's a rhetorical question. But I think. You know, for the record. When we're, when we're looking at this show, we're looking, we're comparing it to the upcoming Jamie Foxx, Antoine Fuqua project. That's going to be an older Mike Tyson. It's got to be. Right. It seems like this one will primarily focus on his younger days as a boxer, right? Differentiating from the series that's coming up. Mike Tyson has, has had such a tumultuous life. He's gone through so much. I assume this one's going to start with him as a kid. The poster has the pigeon. Okay. I think, well, what's the story with him and the pigeons growing up? There's something, there's some crazy story about Mike, Mike, Mike Tyson. I don't know. Pigeons. I'm going to do some research in a second, but Mike Tyson relates- Fischiano? It relates to his childhood. I remember, uh, I I think I watched some type of like like mini series or like documentary short on it. But the like, I think this is going to focus more on the younger days. Like Jamie Foxx, there's no way it's going to be as freaking ripped as Trevante Rhodes is in this. Oh my god, he looks like he has water that was juiced into his arms before he does those press conferences, right? That we got a still of. Uh, I just think it has potential. It 100% has potential. I'm just not exactly sold on Trevante Rhodes yet, and I'm not sold on Hulu rather than HBO adopting it. So the pigeons thing. Yeah, yeah. feed it to me. Okay, Am I right? So, it's, it's childhood thing, right? Yeah. When he so was orphan? There's a few things on it. Like he owns pigeons. So like in January of this year, he said, I always loved pigeons ever since I was a child. They teach us the importance of being compassionate. I created Iron Pigeons to share the deep love for these birds with my fans. Also, he mentioned in 2021, in his youth, he was revealed the boxer got into a fight with a boy when they provoked him by picking up one of his pigeons and killing it with his bare hands. That was it. Quote from Mike Tyson, the guy ripped the head off my pigeon. This was the first thing I ever loved in my life. So pigeons obviously big for him and Where did i hear this i knew someone ripped the head off one of his pigeons and when i saw the pigeon here, there was an immediate relationship crazy. that was made in my head like my tyson childhood pigeons like they're, they're gonna focus on his younger years that i think and what forms him into such a i guess can menacing I sh- figure in the future can i share my screen yeah of course i think oh no oh because i'm controlling it wait i think i have to share this hopefully it shows up on the youtube but oh, it comes up here. Look at this. 
Pigeon. You see it? Him kissing it? Oh, yeah. That beak is firmly in between you gotta his open lips. It. Oh, you click the picture so it makes it bigger. Enlarge it. Ah, oh, crap. Open image. Not the cab. link, Ricky. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look at that freaking... That whole beak is in his mouth. The entire thing. He loves pigeons. They have and a special connection hat. to him. That's going to be a theme in the show. I'm excited yeah. for that. That's I think I think the Hulu show covers his whole uh, Hulu show covers his entire life for the record. Did the, I think tra- the, Jamie did the trailer Fox go beyond the bite? Uh, I'm not sure, but I think it will. It it shows it's him with the prison? tattoo. It shows him with Ooh. the tattoo, so I think it does. Yeah, forgot about that. That was a still. So wow. I think I I think it does do his whole life, and I think that's worse because it's going to be just trying to cover everything versus the Jamie Fox with Anton Fuqua, proven director, Scorsese. The behind the scenes executive producing kind of just like not producing but executive produce kind of just give a couple hints here and there will not make this bad he will make sure that there's a proven direction for this and jamie fox clearly a passion uh passion project for him clearly off of this people video. have been clamoring for that for years especially we'll have to tweet the video had. of him like on the rate he was like on the radio saying like oh yeah yeah like i think we've talked about that that, before, so. that was one of the first instagram tv like posts we had on the drive-in podcast. I remember it was a five-minute clip that we posted. Yeah. So again, I'll be waiting for the Jamie Foxx version, but rest in peace, this? Instagram TV. Right? That doesn't exist anymore. It's just all Don't ask now. me. Don't ask me. Yeah. Whatever. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I'm we're excited for it. But uh, I also want to bring up really quick. Uh, shout out TV Land. Shout out TV Land. Why do I say that? Well, we're getting a Monsters movie directed by the one and only rock star. Shout out Dragula, Rob Zombie. Okay, we're getting the Monsters. Ricky Flex, remember watching this with Dad when we were growing up? 60 sitcom. Never was really into it. No idea if it's streaming. I just don't. Will this be? Will Will this movie be a streaming movie or a theater movie? I don't think it can be streaming because they're freaking. I feel like it will not even hit the theaters because Rob but Zombie the, movies usually demog- don't. Their demographics like 60, 70 year olds, and they don't have, they don't, they don't know, like no, like I don't know, like I think they would want to see this in a theater, and it's in color, like the original was not in color. I don't know. Rob Zombie actually like has done a lot of writing, directing, like on the horror side. Oh yeah. So like oh, it's not course. like a, that, this that's isn't what he's like, known for now, more so than his music, which is kind of crazy. So like that's not the shocking thing here. I think the shocking thing is that is this is in color. Not only that, what is really shocking about this? It's a kids movie. Obviously, the monsters are Rob Zombie is known for like hardcore horror. So the fact that he's adopting the monsters, he must have like grown up watching this show, and the fact that like. He has the hiss that horror background, but the fact he's not necessarily making this scary whatsoever. But yeah, the color aspect is huge too because yeah. when you think of it, feels wrong watching the monsters in color. Yeah, That's who just, is it? it uh, my cousin, yeah, the my cousin, cousin Vinny, my cousin oh, Vinny Judge, um, Peter Gwynn was his name. Yep, G W Y N N E. Um, great in my cousin Vinny, that judge, unreal. But uh, but uh, what? What? <laughs> but is he dead? By the way, yeah, he's dead. Yeah, it's RIP. But uh, I remember watching sometimes. It was like a TV Land special or E Network special on the Monsters or something like that. Our father put it on, and there was a uh, uh, they talked about Peter Gwynn. Yeah, he's an all time like all time character. Like that character, the the Frankenstein character of that show is all time. This guy, big eyes. I don't know. We'll see how he does. Is his Try name to... cousin Eddie in the show? 
I forgot. I, maybe I'm thinking mm-hmm. something else. The guy with like the wings that comes out. I know who you're talking about. He's got the about. silver streak coming down. He he's the a, only he, guy that talks in this trailer. Yeah, in the teaser. Yeah, he shows up a little bit. One of the three yeah, guys. In the I don't know. It's been a while since I watched the month. It's not even worth looking up, to be honest. <laughs> to be honest, you're not going to see it. We might watch it with our dad. We'll report back if it's worth seeing. Imagine our dad just watching a Rob Zombie movie. That's kind of that'd be kind of nuts. He will. I think. Well, he will. Yeah, if it's the monsters, just don't even tell him who's directing it because I don't think he would care whatsoever. You know, I, I don't think he would care either way. He would just want to watch the monsters, and that's why that's like the people we're going for at the box office. Does this make over under twenty million dollars? Less, less. I I don't Ten? even know. I I this is this, I think this will be a streaming movie. Okay, I'll it, tell you it that. seems like it would be. Rob Zombie doesn't do well at the box office. I don't know that what movie. Like, I think he did uh, Halloween. Halloween 07. Uh, he directed and wrote that. And then he wrote the second Halloween. Was it the next year? He didn't direct that one, but he wrote it. Hmm. So like so those are horrors, on. though. Those are horrors. They always like no matter how bad the horror movie is, you always get a crowd to see it. Dragula. Dragula. We got to see him live. All right. That's going to do it for the checkup and the trailer roundup this week. It's time to move on to our episode one through three recap for the boys. All right, it's time for our episode one through three recap of The Boys. Ricky Flex and I have been waiting to talk about this. More, I guess I should say, Ricky Flex has been waiting to talk about this and waiting for me to catch up to make sure that we can have an appropriate conversation about an absolutely phenomenal first three episodes for The Boys, okay? So we have a new episode dropping. Uh, We're recording Thursday, so the day this releases, the fourth episode will be coming out of this third season okay uh ricky flex you posed this first question is friday the best release day for yes. a new show yes it is elaborate so you get the whole weekend you talk about movies coming out on that friday a lot of people are going thursday now okay but even with that you have that four-day window but with the show the great thing you watch it at any time so with a friday release day you know after work what's the first thing you do maybe besides dinner might watch a show, you know, and I think that you have that flexibility. You have the weekend. So then back at the water cooler on Monday, you could talk about it like something like that. Mm. Like it's just better in my opinion. That something <laughs> how look- many, how many, how many companies are at the water cooler? You're talking about the boys <laughs> where guys are diving into well, small I, men are diving into men's genitals and expl- sneezing oh, okay. and exploding into parts. Just kidding, but this is going. definitely a spoiler for the record. <laughs> this is spoilers here for uh, the should, boys. Yeah, first. we're doing a breakdown. Yeah, right? if you if you haven't seen it, stop it. Watch the first three <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think you're, gonna be, you're gonna be thanking me that I warned you that scene was happening. <laughs> yeah, actually, but uh, no, like I, I think that Friday is actually the best, and you also look forward to it throughout the entire week. Sunday night is owned by HBO. You can't do that Saturday night. You don't want to release a show on a Saturday night. So what's the no next way. best? It's going to be Friday. Friday's great. Get off work. You start watching. You're right. You can talk about it when you get out, get to work on Monday, wherever you're going out, Saturday night, Friday night, talk about the show you just watched, make an event of it on Friday night, you know? And this is so entertaining, Ricky Flex. It's gory. It's funny. I should say hilarious instead. It comments on political I guess, aspects of society in a satirical manner in a way where I don't even think it's too much because they make it so hilarious while they do it. Uh, this liter- The show literally has it all. 
it, in my opinion, it has it all. You're gonna it has great love acting, triangles, great acting. It's even shot well, in my opinion. This new season seems like it's taking it uh, taking it up a notch. I've been thoroughly impressed with this season so far. What are your initial reactions? Talked about it earlier, and hopefully we're recording. But Homelander is the initial reaction. <laughs> I don't even think we're at like because we we heard about before the season how Homelander is going to be crazier than ever. I think at the end of episode three, on purpose, they just showed him like getting crazy or about to get to that crazy. You know what I mean? Like kind of like leading us into that. That's my initial reaction is Homelander. And that wild ending to episode three, wild cliffhanger, just him not caring about anything else. You could release the video. He doesn't care. He's going to be himself. And you know what Homelander is? He isn't like the a-hole of a-holes, but nobody can stop him. And after seeing the soldier boy footage, he can't stop him. I know we were, we were talking about that in hypotheticals before uh, previews, predictions of the boys. Nobody can stop this dude. And you're, I back down from all my other hypotheticals or hot takes. Homelander cannot die. He is the boys. He is the boys. He will be with the boys until the boys dies. The end of the series. He cannot die. They cannot have Butcher become the villain. They, this is his show. This just confirms it again. My God, was he electric. He is insanely good. Box Anthony Starr. Like I even wrote down some of the quotes he has, like they are expertly done, <laughs> expertly done. Uh, like the deliveries are so evil. And when you look at like the beginning, like the first episode, he's going through like these different, uh, I guess, news circuits. He's getting interviewed about his relationship with Stormfront, like obviously a Nazi, and he's apologizing. And then he's saying things like, I, I'm excited for everyone to see the real me. And then he has that grin on his face. And then also the fact he does other quotes, he's like, I'm excited for what's coming. And it's like hinting at this menacing type of Homelander that takes it up a notch from the first two seasons. And we're like, how the F can we take this up a notch from the first two seasons? But judging by these first three episodes of season three, my God, are they going to do it? My God, are they going to do it? It feels like this show finds new ways for Homelander to be this menacing character that I didn't like it to me. That's just so creative that what, what they come up with. I don't know if they're following exact storylines from the comic books because obviously the boys is a comic graphic novel so are they following that if not like i don't know how they keep doing this and ranch like like i guess ratcheting it up you know you get that vibe like like for me i can't see like a season four where he gets worse than where he's at even now at the beginning of season three i <laughs> we have to take them for their word for it right like it does. It's it is lining up like that. That it's gonna be crazier. And the end of episode three, just telling Starlight or telling the world without telling Starlight. Yeah, we're dating. We're in we're love. You're jumping to that, Ricky Flex. I literally started screaming at the TV when that happened. <laughs> I was like screaming. What? I texted then, you immediately. The retake. The retake when uh, they had to do it again, and Starlight's like doing the fist thing, and then and she, she kisses him. I was like, oh my god, Huey's gonna freaking lose it because they're easily using that take. So Huey's gonna lose it. 
That was the Who most. Honestly, I know we're focusing on Homelander right now. That's the most I like Star uh, Starlight through the first three episodes of this season. Like to me, as a character, like she has been fairly annoying to me. It's just she has that way about her. I know that's kind of like what she's built upon. She's like obviously she's goody two shows. She'll she'll like stick at the Homelander a little bit, but here it's like okay, you want to go toe to toe? Let's go toe to toe. And then obviously makes out with them, saying that that make out, even though like obviously what it means when you kiss somebody, you really have affection towards affection towards them. Here it's like I'm. I'm ready to go toe to toe. We're we're dueling right now, no matter what the public thinks about us. Um, I do want to say what this show does that is so genius, the way it sets the stage or bridges a connection from the second season or the first season to the third. I think it's when they do these projects from the seven, like uh like uh I, I forgot what the next movie that they're making at the beginning of it. Uh, where they dawn of the seven dawn of the seven they talk about they don't do like okay previously on the boys they don't do they don't do that crap they do like okay this is the movie that's being made about what happened previously and it talks and that like plays an emphasis on like the trauma the characters go go through right and it talks about like okay the first scene they're talking about the dawn of the seven and you have like charlie's throne show up charlie's <laughs> throne show up as Stormfront as a nazi it just reminds you how messed up the end of the last season was and how it's now public knowledge that stormfront was a nazi and that she was dating homelander like the way they do that is so clever they do it later on also when they talk about uh the deep and they go to the collective and who's playing the, the was- cult leader Billy Zane, Billy Zane. So like they keep it like, okay, let's remind you what happened previously, but let's like throw in a laugh too. Like the way they do that to me is so that made that separates itself from like a Marvel or DC or Marvel show, a star Wars show. It's not previously on skip. It's built into the episode. Like, Hey, this is happening. And also everyone in this universe knows about it. And it's so smart. I, and I think that's what separates itself too from like, I don't like a Barry. Like we love Barry, right? HBO mm-hmm. shows. We love Barry. We love every single HBO Sunday night special, right? But and like they do this a similar thing, but this is so bingeable. Like it, it is. Just, it, it is. It's like a Netflix show. It's like it's it's a binge worthy thing. They didn't put only one episode as the premiere. They didn't put two like Obi-Wan did. They did three because you know what? You're gonna watch all three immediately. They love like they live off of that stuff. And my God, like, like, do you know, by the way, I will say this too. This is a report in 2020. Season one was in 2019. Okay. This is season three, 2019. So obviously they've increased their budget. Do you know how much, because you talked about how like good this looks. Do you know how much season one budget was per episode? A million dollars. And to put in perspective, <laughs> Stranger Things was 30 million per episode. I, I would, I would say year. like five. I would say five. It was t- still 10 million. Wow. 10 million Amazon game. Amazon was just dishing out dough in 2019. The Billy Bob Thornton show, whatever that thing was, just Goliath. one and done. That was 10 million an episode, too. But like this just looks different. It's not just about the effects, it's about the director. What do we talk about, Doctor? We talk about this show. It's so important to have a creative filmmaker behind the scenes, right? Not just behind the camera, the cinematographer, but also. Someone that's actually organized and leading these projects. And yes, the writing is where it all starts, what you put pen to script, but then at the end, and then you have to have that budget for the effects. 
but it's about the directing and how that put, put to put that writing that affects the cinematographer, everything together to make it look appealing to go along with everything that we've talked about. And this show just does that time and time again. And it's so impressive. And these first three episodes just reinvigorated that for me. And I have so much energy from this. And I am willing to say this is the best show on television right now. (laughs) And I'm not going to say it's like the best series of all time. I'm not going to say season two, which is I think is better than season one, in my opinion, of the boys. I know people might disagree. I don't think that's an all-time season, but I think just put together as a series so far, it's something special. And what sorry, go on. I went on a huge rant there. Well, I I think you're premature in calling it like one of the best i think it's on its path right now i I think this season has the potential to be the best of the boys so far in an all-time action comedy like season of all time like like, this is on that path because you have the build-up of who homelander is you have the consequences of the last season you got some crazy characters being added you got the whole team of payback being added here it seems like to me like there's just so much going on in this show it's a little chaotic. There's so many different storylines. The deep. The, the, like deep. You want to talk about payback. You want to talk about Butcher. And you want to talk about his uh, his wife's son. You want to Frenchie. talk about Marvin, Frenchie, Kimiko. There's just Dewey. so many things going on. It's almost too much. But to me, like they kind of revel in the chaos. That's what the show is. Yes. You know? But like there are moments in this season where I'm like, okay, like I don't care as much. They want to do some insight on Marvin's character. They want to talk about him, what payback. Like, I think this will pay off later, pun intended. It'll pay off later, I guess, in later uh, when they introduce and they go, like, basically, I guess, find out if what Soldier Boy is still alive because Soldier Boy has killed, right, his family. Obviously, he's still alive because, like, they've been teasing it for so long. But, like, when when he comes on the screen with his family, I kind of roll my eyes a little bit. All right, but everything else is pedal to the metal. Everything else pedal to the metal. You're seeing either gore, you're seeing hilariousness, you're seeing intense acting, or you're seeing Homelander acting like a psychopath, or you're seeing like some sexually deviant type of activity. Either way, the audience is at all times enthralled with this show, which I have to give it props. There's very limited shows like that on TV, action-wise. I feel like it's very limited to movies. This does it on like a, a show, episodic type of platform. It's so impressive. It's so impressive. I don't think I, I don't think we're overselling this either. I know we're really hyping this up. It's only been three episodes, the eight-episode season. We're not hyping this up. This is just what it is. And what I'm just trying to say with like best shows on television right now, like if you had to pick one to watch Friday night, or let's just say they came on the same night. Barry or this? You could only pick one. What yeah. would you watch? Oh, it's going to be this show. It's going to be Dude, and Barry's like critically like incredible, which I think it deserves. I think Barry is incredible. But like you're going to watch this. This or Stranger Things. I think you're watching I this. I told I think, you. I told you. I think, I'm taking I think this over season, Obi-Wan, dude. Dude, yes, I agree. The first four episodes versus these three. You're joke. telling me. You're telling me. Whoever, this is a hypothetical for whoever's listening that's saying Obi-Wan is better. You just saw the last episode that came out of The Boys. Disney-fied. With Starlight oh, oh, and sorry. Homelander. And you're not like itching at the bit to watch episode four. 
the fact that they didn't do the whole release, right, just like Stranger Things does, I think it's smart. I think they're going to generate conversation on social media. And then, boom, Friday, everyone's going to be talking about what happens the next episode on The Boys. But that's why, like, yeah, because that's why it's so good, because it has that binge-worthy effect. What I'm trying Game to say is – It's like Game of Thrones. Remember that? Remember those good old days? It's like it has that binge-worthy effect, but when you look at those Disney shows, it's like you're relying on the past. You're relying on those past narratives, that Darth Vader, Obi-Wan. You're relying on that past to say, oh, like WandaVision. We're hoping that cameo, Paul Bettany said that he, an actor he's wanted to work with the entire time. Was it like – and then you're thinking, oh, Al Pacino. Like who are we thinking here? That's what we have to rely on. With the boys, it's like, no, we're just like looking forward to the show because it's so goddamn good. Everything, just everything. It's so that's good. what is the difference of why it's like that's why it's one of the best, if not the best show right now on television. It's yes. totally different than someone that's relied on IP. This, of course, is a comic book, right? So it relies on prior knowledge, but like as of someone like us looking at it, we're not relying on what Paul Bettany has to say in an interview or what Wanda has shown in her powers in the former Avengers movies and what ha- what implication it has in the future. It's great because it's the boys. It's Anthony Starr just being Homelander and he being one the of the characters. He is it's, the character. It's, it's unbelievable. I again like I know I keep saying it's unbelievable. I'm really I'm really happy so far. It's like season three is as good as I thought it would be. And I just can't wait for the next five seasons and or five talk- episodes. And I, I want to go into the writing of the show a little bit because I think it's, as I said before, I think what they do is low-key genius in terms of uh, how they kind of subvert, like, what's happening in society right now. Uh, they look at, right, you want to talk about Homelander episode two into episode three, how he is this, like, figure now that is oppositional to cancel culture, right, in that type of regard. You got also uh, – you got like almost ironic figures like the deep advocating for women's rights. And then you also have him as a pescatarian. as like a, someone who doesn't want to harm animals, but like, Oh, they just make it so hilarious. And then even going to a train, how he wants to show representation for uh, obviously African-Americans and where they came from. And they, they call him out as phony and fake. Like they are willing to dive into like so many different sectors of what's happening in our society and like the structures that are happening in terms of like uh, just like the most popular political conversations, they attack it without any regard. They're just like, we're going to do this, right? We're going to make fun of it and it's going to turn out fine, you know? So even if like, obviously the show, it leans left a little bit. It obviously does. Like they're very harshly critical of the right, but at the same time, even if you are on the right, it's not going to turn you off of watching this show Probably because it's so funny, it's so gory, the acting's so good. It's just like if you're upset in that in that regard, it's it's satire. Now just get used to it, buddy. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it's just not cringeworthy. You know, like you see so many of these shows that try to tackle these common themes in America or in the world today, that just like you cringe at it because it's so meta. Here it's like satirically meta. Yeah. Like hopefully that makes sense. And it's very much modern. Like they, they, they literally look at what's happening between seasons. I'm like, okay, how can we like portray this in the show and make fun of it? And to me, 
that's While what people look for because like so many people on twitter take life so seriously when you go to the bar and talk to your friends and you're politically divided right what's something that's like will ease the tension just make fun of it all and that's what this show does so well just make that's fun why of we everything. have entertainment exactly this show gets it and i think also i guess we should move on with these characters because there's so much we have to dive into we've already talked about homelander how he is pretty much now he's asserting himself as pretty much this almighty figure all right he doesn't believe in god he's not a human being he acknowledges on his birthday he's better than everybody and he knows it and he, he can blow god. this place up he can destroy new york city for fun if he wants to as he tells starlight when she threatens him that she'll show the airport video that uh, not the airport video uh the plane video airplane. yeah so in this regard he is a agent of chaos i can't wait to see what he does uh going into the middle part of this season and into the last half I think we also got to talk about the second most interesting character of this season so far. And it's pretty much one, two going throughout the series so far. And it's butcher. We got to talk about butcher. Uh, he obviously is taking care of his wife's child who is being held, <laughs> who's being held, I guess, uh, in isolation. So Homelander cannot find him right with grace Mallory. All right. Who also has an interesting backstory to this season. But if we go to butcher, he seems like he's mentally tormented right now. He's having these hallucinations of one-on-ones with Homelander. And also, he gains and uh, he obtains a 24-hour pill from Maeve, formerly of the Seven, to make him a superhero. To make him a soup, the one thing that he has hated throughout most of his life. Ricky, what do you think about Butcher, right? in this show and his travels from episode one through three speaking of Maeve, haven't seen her since like episode one so it should episode be interesting. One, she gives him the pill yeah so it should be interesting how she comes back in this but with butcher superpowers lived up to the hype did not expect to see it this early right didn't expect them to use them makes mm -hmm. sense used it well typical boys fashion gory like absolutely obliterating gunpowder um like that now with ryan with that going on, the son, the son, all of his uh, the wife, kid. Yep. yeah, the homelander skin. Yeah, I could see like you could see a, a few things here. If we go back to my original theory, like Butcher being the villain, like Ryan saving the day, or you could go like Ryan becomes the villain, the like another homelander type and trying to kill Butcher, like because he hates we, him so Ricky, much. We said we weren't a hypothetical podcast, but we I are hypothetical sprinting through the noggin right now. What do you got? Like, I, I, I have Ricky, so many more, but what do you, you got going? I'm starting to think. All right. So Butcher maintains this relationship with Ryan through the first two and a half episodes. Obviously, Butcher, he takes this pill. It changes him a little bit, but also he hears the story from Grace Mallory, how she he, how she withholds certain information from Butcher, all right, that might have saved his wife. Butcher lashes out at Ryan, basically says, we're never going to interact again, and saying, you're off my hands. This makes me think we are potentially, you want to talk about Homelander continuing his story in the show? The next season, or even at the end of this season, he takes Ryan under his wing. He takes Ryan under his wing. And I think it's going to start from, right, Butcher ostracizing him, where it's like Butcher has a chance to save this kid and then he becomes selfish. He becomes so self-absorbed with this new power he has and how he can like basically take care of so many of these issues with the soups himself. 
I can see like a potential like one-on-one potentially with Ryan and Butcher or even Ryan joining Homelander versus Butcher. There are a ton of possibilities, but that's just what ran through my head quickly. Mm. Interesting. I don't hate that. The Ryan character is a little annoying, just kid, but it makes sense. Hmm. I don't hate that. Like a sidekick but to Homelander, it's his kid, and I he can do love, whatever he wants. Kind of love. I, I, I'm thinking Deadpool too. Like Deadpool, like what's the fat kid's name? Fire Firefist. Fire Firefist. Like saying like him and the take juggernaut. Off, take off, kid, and then that kid like turns out to try to kill him. Dude, that's it, what I'm it's thinking. the same story. That's what I'm thinking. Um, like, oh, he could like try to kill him, but then he doesn't, and then take him under his wing. Like, you got me thinking here, Doc. Um, hmm. I think I like that. But uh, just to kind of, just because we're talking about backstories, you talk, you mentioned Mallory. We got a backstory to kind of go with your theory. Maybe we get that backstory. She based her backstory is to introduce Soldier Boy and Payback. She's useless now. Maybe they can kill her off, and then Butcher has to take Ryan under his wing. I have a feeling like Ryan, like Ryan might lash out. Like if you're saying if I, this might be what you're insinuating, I can't really tell. But like it could be a thing where, but like uh, I'm just guessing. Uh, but Butcher is now away. Ryan shows how forceful he is. He's grabbing Butcher's arm. Shows how powerful he lashes out at Mallory. And like this would be a, like an ending to Mallory's character. We have that background. We have her net. Like basically, what else is she useful for? in this show exactly you now and like she's yeah. the only one that's watching out for ryan. he already killed his she, mom and she sets off ryan in any type of way guess what dunzo right ryan he doesn't have an adult figure to go to who could he go to homelander, homelander. oh homelander takes him under his wing not butcher now that would be crazy that's but, what uh that's what i think's gonna happen hmm, interesting yeah but we see a couple other backstories you see we see a young Stan Edgar, right? Uh, Giancarlo Esposito, that actor, incredible job, like acting like Giancarlo Esposito. You would have thought they de-aged Giancarlo. Yeah, and incredible. And you know what that introduces? We got, we finally got a little backstory with Black Noir. We finally. I, Ricky, so Black Noir is very interesting because we could be seeing something very, I guess, obvious why he never takes off the mask because it's different people portraying black noir it's never the same person right black noir was introduced obviously we're talking about sandinistas nicaragua 1980s reagan okay and obviously the birth of black noir was because it wasn't going to be profitable for vaught to have a african-american without a mask on according to the show right and according to the times like to have that type of character prevalent so what this tells me Black Noir will live on and keep living on. And it's almost like a tradition passed on from one African-American to soup to the next. They got to prove that, though. Right. Like they got to And prove it'd be interesting if like different people like who would be the next person to take on Black Noir. We haven't seen Black Noir, the modern day one yet. Still My, has not been seen. So I, I do like your theory. I don't agree with it, though. Do you I think do think it's, it's the same, same person. I do. Wow. I do. I, I don't think that they would have done that. I think that mm. now they have a train. Like they have a bunch of black superheroes now. Like I, I think they right, would right. not no, be doing I, that. I just anymore. think it's been tradition that's passed on, but I also Right, think, and I think they would end it. If you look at payback, the team, like mm. everyone has aged except for 
what we assume is going to be Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy. And you look at Soldier Boy when they go through the flashbacks, okay, he is in like literally decades of American history and he still looks the same by the time it's the 1980s, you know, very much like Captain America. But everyone else seems to be aging. So in my aspect, in my, I guess in, from my perspective, it just seems like it would make sense if he's the only one. He's just a very, mm. he's like Homelander. He just doesn't age. He's the same guy. What if Black Noir doesn't age? We don't know that for sure. That's true. We don't, but I would say I everyone know. else does. I, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to shoot down your comment. I think that's a great take. I think that's out of all the takes that we've had, that's the most logical one that we've come up with today. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just. I don't think that they would do that. I, but, I think that's. But it is good that we that. got something from Black Noir because we've had so many questions. They about promised this character. that. They they did promise that. Right, and, I, and it seems like we're going almost to a similar direction as Watchmen. Mm, Watchmen. I like that. I like that. Yeah, right? I agree with that. And similar to Watchmen, a little bit is uh, the Victoria character, like powerful people, congressman or congresswoman, I should say. Yep. And like she's kind of the one behind the scenes, right? Mm. Blowing off people's heads. Like we already knew that at the end of season two, but now Huey knows. And now everybody that, may, like, as in Huey, um, Butcher, Starlight, the whole crew, Mother's Milk, Frenchie. They all know she's Stan the one behind all this. Yeah, and then we get that, and then the orphanage videos that are crazy. So I think just going off of that, Doc, like I honestly don't know what we're going to go with in this because does it get released that – do you think that in the future somehow like there's going to be released that, yep, Stan Edgar, her, and Cahoots, and also, by the way, that's my stepdaughter. Like what do you think here? I like the storyline, first of all. I will say that we have, right, the senator who is the daughter of stepdaughter of Stan Edgar. And what it brings us is Huey back with the boys. And that, even though we're progressing with the season, all its success, all these different storylines, you know what? Uh, episode three, what it comes down to getting Butcher, getting Huey, Marv, Frenchie, Kimiko. Get them back together, and then we're still moving on trying to figure this whole thing out. I love that. Everyone's going their separate ways, but what does it come back to? The, the boys. boys. The, the boys. boys. And but oh, I was going to say really quick, um, looking at that character, uh, talking about the senator, we knew that was going to be a huge storyline going at the end of season two because, like, obviously, why are people's heads exploding, right, in court randomly, okay? But it makes me think, Stan Edgar, he had, he, I think his relationship uh, as season three is progressing is going to, going to improve with Homelander. Is Homelander somehow going to come to terms with this senator and see eye to eye? Or because, like, what is Stan? His, his loyalty lies with money. We're talking about Stan Edgar. Like, he's going to do what's best for business. Yeah. Right? As, as he gets pop more, more and more popular, his numbers keep rising. Like, like he's going to have to side with Homelander more and, and more. And how is his stepdaughter going to respond as a result? Is she going to, like, Whatever still Stan uphold Edgar these says. ideals that Huey and her have agreed upon? Or is, is she going to turn dark? And it's, no, it's her policy. Whoa, yeah, I know. But, like, is, is her. Dark. I know, and I know. I'm talking about like her policies, though. Like what she's enacting. Is it going to allow, like we talk about? I think they're also lending to this. They've hinted at it since season one. Soups in the military, right? We have obviously a throwback to when Soups joined the military for a brief stint when payback was still a thing prior to the seven. What a disaster that was! Is this like Stan Edgar trying to like 
okay, let's like regenerate this conversation, right? Maybe there's a different way that we can go about this now, you know? I think no, that's a possibility. I, I see what you're saying. I just think that at the end of the day, it goes back to episode one. Stan Edgar, I think he's talking to, forget who, but he's like, they're a pharmaceutical company, right? Yeah, five years, yeah. he wants to be a pharmaceutical. Yeah, like they're not a superhero celebrity business. They're not trying to get into movies. Like they are, it's going to be the 24-hour year soup or like your soup. They're going to progress that yeah, medicine one. or whatever to be forever for if you're a soldier you know they're gonna try to do that so i think that's kind of out the window saying like soups in the military they're just flashing back for the soldier they, boy. that was that did take a hold of so much of the discussion in season one yeah exactly so i think they're gonna move past that but then go with policies i think they're gonna keep pushing the agenda saying like oh like stan san edgar says oh like we really need like we need regulation with these superheroes and they're gonna keep pushing that policy get it passed with that congresswoman victoria but at the end of the day it's like there's going to be loopholes. There's always loopholes and policies. You know that uh, history buff, Dr. O. Mm. So it's just like, at the end of the day, nothing's really going to matter because whatever's passed, it's, there's always going to be something that Stan Edgar could take advantage of for his own product. Yeah. Oh, that's a good take, Ricky Fox. I like that. So I think we should also Logical. talk We should talk about the rest of Payback, other than Soldier Boy. Like I think we should also talk about the fact that uh, the Countess looks exactly like Kate Blanchett. I, I kind of I, I kept had to keep like looking it up. Like, you sure this isn't like Kate? Blanchett? I Google, I Googled it. I, I literally Googled Kate Blanchett, the boys, and it said the art first article that pops up Kate Blanchett is not in the boys. <laughs> it's like an article. <laughs> it was an it article. It looks exactly like I was just like, the, how boys, you know, Charlize Theron, Billy Zane, and Kate Blanchett. Like, give it to us, baby. It's but really uh, true. I think. It's interesting where you have the super bo soldier boy along with his sidekick and the rest of payback, the soldier boy, and obviously butcher confronting soldier boy's sidekick. So like, obviously he has like the formal papers that were um, submitted for abuse, right. From soldier boy to his sidekick, but it wasn't sexual. Like obviously butcher insinuates it was more of just, like abuse yeah he does he flashes the pinky at him. butcher amazing <laughs> amazing character but i think uh soldier boy is going to be a very interesting person to combat against homelander because like we don't know because like obviously uh payback was the seven before seven soldier boy homelander before homelander like if they're going to uh basically rise or basically i guess bring him back from the dead or bring him back from russia i'm not really sure how this is going to work out in the next episode how is soldier boy going to respond to the situation he's brought to in the united states with homelander is he going to see eye to eye with homelander they have very similar characteristics or will he try and combat homelander ideologically that could be very interesting what are your predictions uh, i thought you're gonna part? say like try to combat him try to join the seven and be the leader of the seven well it could it could be that too i don't know maybe he feels like he has something else to serve the American I, I think he's gonna join the like the renegade against the seven and like starlight again basically it's gonna be everybody against homelander like what it always is right mm -hmm. and i think just looking at other storylines like the deep i don't think he recovers after eating that octopus's buddy I don't think he's going to recover from that versus home. That was a brutal scene, to be honest. That was tough to watch. I I, I had it with back my arm, not doing the fast forward 15 seconds, like not to do it. Um, but like a train, like that looks like a storyline. Like uh, that's the storyline life after a superhero stardom. That looks like that's going to be that storyline. 
So it's like, who do you got left to like beat Homelander? Black Noir, like he's kind of on the outskirts. Like he's never like in on anything. He's like always like, you know, like just looking at episode two. He does whatever Stan Edgar says. So he's not going to be part of it. This was really Starlight, Butcher, and the boys. And then whoever part of Payback is going to join them. And I think Soldier Boy, he's going to be like, yeah, this is my town. Like this is me. I'm back. I'm not dead. He's a cocky guy. Yeah. He's a cocky guy. He's a Tony Stark in Captain America's body. You know what I'm thinking, Ricky Flux? What dynamic I'm looking forward to if one of your theories is correct? Black Noir. If it's the same Black Noir from the 1980s. Payback, obviously, you have Soldier Boy return. What does that turn into? What kind of relationship? Maybe that reveals more about okay, Black Noir that we were guaranteed while season three was being filmed. Dude. That could be something else. Hmm. Hmm. And like Mother's Milk, like somehow he has to get his revenge on Soldier Boy. So like this is again with what you said in your comment, like the one thing kind of holding it back, but then again keeping it pushing forward. It's kind of a great counterbalance with the show is that there's so many storylines, but somehow they make it work. Yeah, it's so chaotic. I do have confidence. It's very it's chaotic, so chaotic, but it's fitting. It's very fitting for the show because this show is meant for chaos. <laughs> So the show's chaotic. I feel like this breakdown has been chaotic because there's been so much to discuss and there's so many characters that we want to break down, so many storylines, and the fact that this series touches upon everything you want from a show, every single thing you could want. Um, Any other predictions we have maybe for the next immediate episode that drops Friday? What do you think is the next big thing that happens in The Boys next next episode, episode four? Hmm. I have a feeling that the biggest thing is going to be with the Frenchie Nina storyline. Not You're crazy. Though. I Dude, don't know. They're going to I Russia. Like... <laughs> Russia. Oh, right, right. They're going to they gotta go get Soldier Boy. That's going to be the next episode. Crap. You're right. I don't know, man. It's, I watched this Friday, like the morning. I know. Like, I, I watched I this before work. I, I, did, I did like the 5 a.m. wake up and watched all three episodes in a row. Like I'm on a high right now. I just got off of it, then recorded the pod. But uh, crap, that's good. Uh, fine, I'll go with that. Yeah. So it's like, what's gonna happen when they find him? Is he gonna be responsive? Like, are, are is Soldier Boy gonna like actually respond to Butcher and the guys, or is he gonna be combative? I can see him just being combative to everybody. You know, I could see him getting released, and then all of a sudden he's, he doesn't know who to believe. Someone's got to like bring him down a little bit. Yeah, Maori. He need Maori. Ooh, that's not bad, Ricky. That's not bad. I think that's where we should leave off this recap. Great discussion about the boys. We will continue our discussion next week, early next week, for the next episode of the boys. You're going to add something, Ricky? Sorry. My favorite moment of the first three episodes, not including the final scene with the Starlight, Homelander, and Love, when, <laughs> when, uh, the girl's about to jump to commit suicide. Oh my god! And then uh, Stormfront commits suicide, and right when Homelander is supposed to save the girl, and he goes, "You know what? I don't even care anymore. Just jump." No, but he forces her to. Yeah, it's like, like the no, way he you does jump. that. You jump. I'm it's not, like I'm not, I'm not asking. Yeah, Holy I was crap. like, "Oh my god, this is what we've been waiting for." This Homelander is just on, has a nut loose, right? Nut loose. And I, I got to bring up another funny moment. I was like. 
drop dead laughing. It's the satirical aspect. And they were, uh, it was a train talking about how he wants to relate to his African roots. They're doing like the slides of like, okay, this is what we plan on doing. And then he's like, we have a video game and it's called <laughs> the middle passage. Ah. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God. Like, and then obviously the girl, I, I forgot what her name is. They both have the same names, Emily, both of them, Emily, but it was like, you want to make a video game about <laughs> slavery. <laughs> And then he takes it. And then he's drinking the milkshake. And then Homeland is like, God damn, you're fat. Or whatever. <laughs> I see your girdle, you fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> that was at his birthday uh, stage. Oh, that yeah. was so no, he, he, and that was him like finding out that uh, right after uh, that girl committed suicide and Stormfront committed. Uh, and Stormfront also committed suicide. Yes. Oh, speaking of the sexual deviances, like stormfront in the beginning and the in episode one. That Holy crap. Oh, Jesus. i was like jesus hell? christ this show is afraid of nothing all right <laughs> that's enough that's gonna do it for episode 113 of the drive-in podcast make sure you follow wherever you are listening right now make sure you are also subscribing to the youtube which you also may be watching make sure you provide a like comment uh make sure you also follow us on social media twitter instagram at the drive-in pod all the newest movie news and the hottest takes we have it for you make sure you check us out until next time this is dr and ricky flex signing off we will smell